Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Oh, yeah, it is. Good morning, Arizona homeowners. Welcome to Hour 2 of Rosie on the House. We have the doors thrown wide open for you. Phone lines are empty. Anything you're trying to get done around your house, home, castle, or cabin, feel free to give us a ring now at one 767 4348 and we'll put our 48 years of Arizona building and remodeling experience to work for you. It doesn't matter where you are in Arizona or what you're trying to do. Chances are we've been there and we've already tried it once or twice. Let us have the privilege of putting our experience to work for your betterment behalf and your project. All right. one 767 4348. We get on air every Saturday for three hours just to visit with you, give you an opportunity to call us. Let's talk about what you're trying to get done. The other thing we do is we run this thing called a website. You know, that's on the internet machine. It's rosieonthehouse.com. And we've been doing this radio broadcast for almost 35 years. And we've been taking questions every single broadcast from predominantly. Arizona homeowners. Every once in a while, an out-of-towner sneaks in with a question or two, but predominantly, we are focused and structured to serve the Arizona homeowner. That's where all our building and remodeling experience consists of. The other thing we do is we post videos, and uh, we, we take lessons we've learned and put them on short videos to help you see what we're trying to talk about. And we posted a new one just this week having to do with monsoon events. And many times uh, a homeowner will be in the middle of a monsoon event in the evening, early afternoon, just getting home from work, settling down in your favorite easy chair, crack of thunder outside on the horizon, little pitter-patter of a sprinkling on the roof, then that converts to a downpour. Minutes later, we see water dripping through the ceiling junction box for the ceiling fan or the recessed light can. And you're trying to end the day and relax, and the monsoon has created a dilemma for you. What we're talking about in this new video is if you have a tile roof, how you can protect yourself in between storms until a roofer can get out and help get you covered and taken care of. We tell people, don't get on the roof during the storm, of course, duh. Don't get on the roof when it's wet, duh. But if a roofer can't get to you and you've got a tile roof and it's leaking, we have a new video just posted this week on the science of how to tarp a tile roof. It's on our YouTube channel. You can also go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com, and just go to Homeowner Resource, go to Videos, 
go to the search engine and type in science of tarping. And it is a science. You don't just throw a tarp up there with some string and tie the four corners down. That isn't going to help you. It isn't going to get the job done. In the coming weeks, we will also show you how to do it for a asphalt shingle roof and for a flat roof. And I'll give you a hint. If you have a leak in a flat roof, you aren't going to like the video. <laughs> Toughest roof of all. But those live on uh, Rosie on the House. They also live on the YouTube channel that we have, Rosie on the House. And if you get on those YouTube channels, hit subscribe. Because as we post new videos, you'll automatically be noticed. Hey, there's a new tutorial, visual tutorial available to you. Grab it. See what you can learn. Kind of humbling to think that we average about 20,000 minutes of viewing every single month on YouTube. 20,000 minutes a month people are on our YouTube watching it for tips and advice on how to take care of their Arizona home. So if you're on it, go ahead and subscribe to it, and you will get regularly notified when we're updating those. And Romy's got a um, real ants in his pants about getting more videos up, so he's going he's gonna to keep me on a pretty short leash, and uh, I anticipate us getting a lot more videos done in the near future. If you're following along in the home maintenance calendar, you know we're talking about maximizing small spaces this month. And actually, this article, uh, the article this week for the topic in our 9 o'clock hour is Tiny Homes. Uh, I don't understand why this is so popular. Um, but and I, I guess so popular. I mean, it, it's a very few small percent of people, but it seems to be taking a lot of headlines. But it would be hard for you to understand this in your stage of life <laughs> with four children's children. How many horses, chickens, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's probably not something for you. However, one of your children might like to have a getaway, so you might end up building a tiny house on your property. So, but, yeah, it's a, it's a big movement because people are tired of um, – some people are tired of just stuff. It's a minimalist movement. You know, just – I have to say if I didn't have to manage all my stuff, I'd have a whole, a whole lot more time and probably more money. But it, there, it is kind of, it's whatever you want it to be. However, I think a misconception is that it's, um, like, cheap. It's not. It's, uh, it's small. With A lot of them have really nice finishes um, and multi, multi-purpose kind of product. Um, you can have them that are, found, you put them on a foundation and keep them somewhere, or you can put them on a little axle and travel with them. Uh, not, not daily like a mo- mobile home, but, you know, just to maybe you're going to try different places to live. Anyway, all kinds of reasons to use them, and it's it's really become quite the movement. You can find tiny house um, uh, manufacturers across the state, and you can find actually all kinds of different ways to experience them as well. Uh, little pockets in neighborhoods that allow them and develop them and promote them, in fact. And I think one of the reasons uh, it is it is garnering attention is... The average resale price for a home in Maricopa County went north of $400,000 in the last six months. Now, uh, I, will, I will agree with what Jennifer says. Tiny homes doesn't necessarily mean cheap. They're, they're generally done pretty nice. But because they are so small, and I think there are certain codes written 
to be a tiny home, it actually has to be under 450 square feet. So that's smaller than a two-car garage. It has to be 200 to be livable and under 400 to qualify. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> so right. it is. That's tiny. Yes. But they, you know, you think, well, you try to compare that maybe with a RV, but the spaces in a, in a tiny home can go up. So there's a lot of loft, maybe, uh, usage of space going up and down, not just stretched out forever. And a lot of outdoor living involved with that as well, of course. I, there would have to be. I, I would have to have big decks all the way around, for sure. Yeah, I saw the average price being between 80000 and 125000 So For you, a kit? No, that's that's for a home. But if, okay. But you could, there are kits available. I talked to a guy out of the U.K. Who's, who sells kits. He won't ship you a kit here across the ocean, of course. But... Um, they have all kinds of um, plans and things you can buy, you know, all kinds of ideas. It's kind of a, a modular unit. You can make it grow. If you decide you need more than a tiny home, you could add to it. We're going to talk to someone at 930 who actually has a, a, a lodging facility in Sedona up Oak Creek that if you'd like to try tiny house living for a certain amount of time, maybe a weekend, a long weekend or a week, uh, we'll be talking uh, to someone who has a facility there with Five cabins perched on the side of Oak Creek. If you're going to try Tiny Living, that would probably be a good place to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have calls loading up. Uh, 1-888-767-4348. Let's see if we can take uh, the call from Scottsdale here real quick before the first break. Good morning, Max. Hello. Yeah. Hey, morning, Mr. Rosie. Hey. Is that you? This is me. Hey, uh, n- nice to talk to you. I'm a new resident here in Arizona that bought a new built house in North Scottsdale. Very good. New from where? Portland, Oregon, and then uh, Hawaii, then got diverted here for a uh, for a job. All right. Well, welcome to Arizona. Yeah. How can we How can we welcome you? What What are you up to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I this is a uh, a new build that uh, has tile with grout on the first floor okay and in the bathrooms it has the uh, tile and grout as well i didn't get a chance to do some research to uh for contractors to have it sealed but i was wondering also um do you actually recommend a do-it-yourself sealing uh type uh project for a new homeowner but if not, if there's any contractors that you guys work with to seal the tile and grout, because I noticed like a, a little bit of the grout in the uh, shower is actually uh, wearing out already. Okay. All right. Well, here's what I would do. Before I sealed it, I would put in writing to my contractor who built the house your concerns about any existing grout conditions so we could get those taken care of and repaired. Um, Unlike many other states in Arizona, we have a registrar of contractors which states that any licensed builder has to put their work up to a period of two years ready for review to meet, to, to, to verify it is meeting the level of performance established by the industry and grout diminishing that quickly is not meeting that standard. So that licensed contractor owes you a repair for that grout system. Once the grout is done, I will tell you most homes do not get their grout sealed. And I'll tell you why. Uh, 
In the building process, we take out a construction loan, and we want to build that house really as efficiently and quickly as possible and move somebody in and convert it from a construction loan to the contractor to a sold mortgage to a homeowner. And to seal grout and to seal it right, we have to allow that grout to hydrate for 30 days. And boy, that's an expensive process when you're sitting on a construction loan for several hundred thousand dollars for another month. Once it's fully hydrated, once it's fully cured, sealing grout is an excellent idea. You can do it yourself or you can find contractors that will service the North Scottsdale area on our website, rosyonthehouse.com. So I think we got you covered on that grout on that ceiling and that's why it wasn't done and why it should be done a little bitty house and a little bitty yard a little bitty dog and a little bitty car but it's all right to be a little bitty a little hometown or a big old city might as well share might as well smile life goes on for a little bitty while one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight that's one triple eight Rosie for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, this little bitty while we're on the radio on Saturday mornings, eight to eleven. We've got Jeff next in Maryville. Wants to talk about an irritation in the home. Good morning, Jeff. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I seem to have a fly infestation inside my house, and uh, you know, I got screens on the doors. I got a dog door. The dogs go in and out, but that's just for the backyard they always want to go out in the front yard so i open the door let them out and uh, i have no idea where all these flies are coming from everything is sealed you know as, as near as i can tell other than you know the three or four times i open the door to let them out front and you know they go in and out the back door like really fast so i don't think anything's coming in with them and i'm kind of looking for the safest way to get rid of all these flies flying around inside my house that you know won't affect the dogs or me just just common house flies? Yeah. Yeah, I got like dozens of them just flying around right now. In fact, there are three or four on the refrigerator and four on the table. I, I have no idea where they just started a week ago even. That's actually when that it was started my next about question. a week ago. How, how long have you been dealing with this? About a week? Yeah, just about a week. And this is why we only ask for first names and never want to know your address. If I had this problem, I don't know if I'd call and talk about it on a radio show with 100,000 people listening. (laughs) But anyway, Jeff, we've got some chronic problem. Uh, Now, I will tell you that our pest control services that we have at Rosie on the House have told us that mosquitoes have been a major dilemma last monsoon and this monsoon, and they're all frantic about trying to knock out mosquitoes. I haven't heard anything particular about the common housefly, but there's there's got to be some break somewheres that are allowing them in, or once they've gotten in and established a little colony or a family, they're happy enough to, I don't know what a life cycle for a housefly is and how often they can reproduce. But uh, too too fast, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 for sure. I've got a bad memory back in the Louisiana days where we found something in between the walls that had expired. Oh. Yeah, and uh, a, a, that was our fly problem. Like a food product? Uh, or no, a... no, something like very mousy, very ratty. Uh-huh. Now, I, I okay. don't know if that would help him. But, okay, you know. all right, very good. 
Um, so I would I would tell you that uh, if it's not anything, you can uh, I, I'd start defining the area you see them in the most often. I'd try and narrow that down as close to uh, as much as possible. And then I'd start looking very diligently under cabinets wherever plumbing goes into the backsides of walls, uh, any penetration, wall-to-window juncture, door-to-window, door-to-wall junction, any places like that, start looking hard. Uh, but you're certainly free to contact the pest control experts at Rosie on the House. Yeah, we've got a, a number of great uh, guys throughout the state. Uh, in your area, we've got uh, Blue Sky Pest Control, uh, also Overson Roofing, They've been, I said Overson Roofing, they joined as Overson Roofing, and the son, Brett, has branched off and has started Overson Pest Control, and they just hit their five-year mark, so they're on the network now as well. And then there's Action Termite and Pest Control, uh, nicely spread out throughout the valley, so anywhere you are and you have pest issues. But uh, I definitely want to dive in a little bit more with with, uh, Jeff offline, because why? What created them a week ago? Where are they living? Where are they, uh, you know, and there's a number of granule products that Bonide has that, you know, if you get a little house plant, put them in there, they're attracted to that naturally and then have the uh, insecticide there waiting for them where the dogs can't reach it and see if you can't wipe them out. I'd start with fly tape, but that's not a very nice thing to have hanging in your kitchen. (laughs) Go out to the go out to the corral and get some fly tape and hang it off one of the cabinets. Uh, Let's go back a ways. You remember the the shell no pest strips that you could hang on the ceiling and it would yeah. attract the flies and all that. You don't see them anymore, but you know at that time. It I, that, I think that's what you're talking it's about. The same thing, oh, yeah. Same concept. And the strip hangs there, and all the dead bugs are stuck to it. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> I think there's a reason they didn't sell well. They may work, and it may be worth trying, just right now. Uh, but till you can find the actual location of where they're getting in. And I'd even heard one time, isn't like copper pennies in a mason jar filled with water will deter flies? Oh no, that uh, Romy, that's a home remedy I've never heard of. So, so if you got got them laying around, not no harm in trying. All right, we're on the topic this hour in particular about tiny homes, but like you've heard, we're taking calls. We've got other calls waiting in queue. We'll get to your question as quick as we can. And when we get back, if you've got any curiosity in trying to stay in a tiny home, we've got a man we're going to talk to up in Sedona that has a facility you might just want to check out. It's pretty cool. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford for sales, service, and satisfaction. Follow the road to Sanderson Ford for award-winning service and customer satisfaction. Come in and check out America's best lineup, like the new 2022 award-winning electric Mustang Mach-E. Oh, yeah, blaze new trails in a new Bronco or Bronco Sport and drive a new F-150 or Super Duty truck, America's best-selling trucks, for 45 years in a row. Sanderson Ford has trucks with new inventory arriving daily. Order your new Ford your way with no deposit. Choose Sanderson Ford. 
They treat customers the right way, no hassle, no pressure, no nonsense, and no added markups. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford for sales, service, and satisfaction. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. Tom's next on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got Darren that we're going to talk to first. Tom, hang tight. We'll and uh, Terry as well. Uh, we've got a special guest. Rosie's been talking about this hour. A gentleman who's uh, building a tiny home camp. Darren, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Darren. He wanted to be introduced as recovering planning director. <laughs> I hope the recovery's going well, Darren. Based on your website, tinycamp.com, it certainly looks like you're having a lot of fun. Thanks a million for taking time this morning to join us. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. So what have you got going up there in, in Sedona? Yeah, so we started about four years ago, and uh, we have uh, five tiny homes that are sort of vacation getaways, romantic getaways up in Oak Creek Canyon with views of the Red Rocks. And it went quite well. And we've just opened a new property right in Old Town Cottonwood for families and group events close to wine tasting. What what a great what a great opportunity to to test your ability to consider tiny home uh, habitation. Check it out for a weekend, check it out for a long week. Yeah, we have people coming from all over. and We've had actually a lot of building officials from different cities and communities actually come and stay with us because they're trying to figure out, you know, how to permit these things and uh, because they're getting a lot of demand in their communities for the same type of housing solutions. And housing solutions are a big part of it. And then I liked some of the ancillary things you were doing as well. With uh, We've been on the topic of water the whole month of August, and you all are doing some very creative things in your water management. Yeah, I just heard about your last program, and uh, we've been working with the Friends of the Verde River on a program called River Friendly Communities Program. And um, our units, of course, are small and use energy, uh, water-efficient uh, fixtures. But uh, also we are doing rainwater capture. And then we're using the gray water from the showers to irrigate the landscape. And actually we're, we put in what's called pollinator gardens to bring back the bees and the butterflies and that kind of thing um, into the properties as well. That's awesome. Well, Darren, I hope you're having fun in your role of recovering planning director. Now, you're recovering planning director from where? I was the planning director uh, in the Tahoe and Truckee areas of California uh, for five years and, uh, you know, helped to uh, you know, write the rules and the codes uh, to kind of preserve their natural environment while managing growth and development. Well, that's a that's an exciting and challenging career for sure. You've you've got a you got quite the impressive resume. Well, we're excited about trying to get up to the tiny camp area, take a look at it, and explore it ourselves. Can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes this morning to join us for the conversation. Uh, now, the 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 project in Camp um, Cottonwood is it open now? Yeah, we opened about a month ago. Okay. And, um... Yeah, the fun part about that project, it's what we call a pocket neighborhood. So as opposed to you being able, like in, a, in an RV park, to drive up to your unit, 
Um, you park at the front and then you walk in. So it separates cars from the, from the tiny homes. And then it focuses on open space and shared communal spaces. So it's almost like its own resort. It has hot tubs, outdoor sauna, spa, outdoor showers, uh, fire pits, that kind of thing. Now, do we find that at tinycamp.com as well? Yeah, so tinycamp.com is the main website. Tinycamp.com forward slash Cottonwood is the Cottonwood website. And then we also have a new link for, uh, we've been getting a lot of demand for people that may want to do more than just try tiny house living for a weekend or a week and may want to decide to live in one permanently or have a second home. So we're opening a new 21-unit project in Clarkdale that's going to have dog park, two acres of trails and open space, and community gardens, and that's just been loaded up on the website as well. Wow. So for anybody looking for more information about what you're up to, you would just send them to tinycamp.com? Correct. And the new project that I just mentioned is tinycamp.com forward slash gather, and there's plans and drawings available on the website. Well, I'm going to be real excited to watch this thing develop, Mr. Darren. And we, again, appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday to join us on air and share with the Arizona homeowners you're, what you're creating is an opportunity for people to come up and give it a try. Not only give it a try, but now you're setting up something where they could actually consider it for a permanent situation. Yeah, and we appreciate what you guys have been doing, and also we think you know, you're going to become the tiny house homeowner's best friend. All right. Okay. Very good. Well, well, whatever home it is, we want to be their best friend. Darren, thanks a million for, for the conversation. Okay. Have a great weekend. I like that. Very interesting. I've, I've, I've actually got to go to Flagstaff this week. I, I think I've just developed a little detour. I'm going to go do a little look-see drop in. I bet it sure is pretty, uh, if you have the time to take the 89A up to Flagstaff instead of getting back on 17. I bet that's a pretty drive right now. Oh, All this rain. That's a pretty green. All right, now let's get to Tom, who wants to talk about insulation. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Very well. Good. Hey, Rosie, question on this um, blown-in insulation that, that goes uh, up on the roof, the, the back side of the roof. Uh, okay, on the roof deck. OSB. Yeah, on the roof deck. Correct, correct. How, how does that fare in the colder climates? Um, I, pretty well, Tom. But that's a big, broad question because it's more than just in, we call that cathedral insulation. Um, but the whole attic has to be built to accommodate that. So it changes if you're retrofitting an existing home from conventional insulation that sits on top of the ceiling and you're trying to move it up to gain uh, conditioned space in your attic to cathedral, you've got to go through and remodel and seal up the entire attic. So tell me a little bit more about why you ask. Are we retrofitting something or are we building something from scratch? Well, it's new construction, but it's it's already built. And I was trying to get away from having to blow in cellulose uh, or fiberglass, but uh, I don't think it's been built to the specs that you just alluded to. 
it can't it can't have any venting. It can't have bird blocks. It can't have. I mean, okay. you 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 want the attic in a cathedral insulated situation. You want the attic as sealed as the inside of your house. Okay, so no no ridge vents, nothing like uh, that. Co- correct, exactly. Okay, okay. Well, I guess that rules me out then because it's already built. Where where are you building? <laughs> Up in Flag. Okay. Yep, yep. Very good. Is it going to be a, a weekend getaway or is it a relocation? No, it's just a it's it's a weekend getaway. All right, very nice. Well, Tom, we appreciate the call. Uh, I know. Uh, you're building in a beautiful area. Love the Flagstaff, Coconino country. Heading up there this week. Absolutely looking forward to it. Tom, thanks for the call. Next is Terry. Good morning and welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I am uh, calling about foundation cracking in my home. It's a home that's almost 40 years old in Chandler. Um, about 1,800 square foot, and I'm wanting to replace my floors. Uh, I've been kind of thinking about it, but I I heard your um, segment a few weeks back about foundation cracking, and mm-hmm. sounded kind of intense. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wondered what steps, what would be my first step in in figuring out what I need to do. Uh, call a foundation expert. Or a flooring company. Couple couple more questions. How long have you been in the house? Um, It'll be um, 30 years. Perfect. Good, good. What is the flooring that's on the floor right now? It's all linoleum and then carpeting. Sheet linoleum or or tile linoleum? Sheet. No, it's she. It's old. Okay. It's, okay. it's got to be the original floor. Okay. And when did you first begin seeing evidence of foundation stress? Well, unfortunately, quite a while ago. Okay. Um, just had some issues where we just never, you know, followed through on the flooring replacement. But okay. I knew the cracking was there. You can see it. It's breaking through the linoleum in the kitchen area. Now, let me ask you this. Is any of that stress stretching up the walls yet? Do you see any drywall cracking, stucco cracking, masonry grout cracking around windows or doors? Are there any windows or doors that are harder to operate than they used to be? Uh, Well, yes. Yes, the interior, like the bathroom door and a couple bedroom doors, they still close, but it's it's hard. Okay. All right. Well, all those answers tell me your question, do I start with a flooring contractor or a foundation specialist? All the answers to those questions I just asked you tell me you should start with a foundation specialist because we have enough movement that the stress is transferring itself to the structural components of the house. And let's see how big of a problem we have. And at rosieonthehouse.com, you'll find Arizona foundation solutions and they will come in and they will do that they will make a topographic map of the floor of your house it's it's equipment called a manometer and with that topographic map they'll be able to tell in in the smallest of increments the eighth of a quarter of an inch where the highs and the lows are 
Once we see that topographic map, once we see the manometer test, then Arizona Foundation Solutions has engineers on staff that determines whether that's a settling problem or whether it's a heaving problem. And what takes a lot of homeowners by surprise is how often the problem in a home has to do with heaving clay soils as opposed to settling foundations. And the best you can hope for is that it is heaving because that is about one-tenth the price to fix as settling. So you give Arizona Foundation, and it all depends on the manometer survey and all that, but Arizona Foundation Solutions uses that test. They use licensed engineers to give you a recommendation. That'd be the first place that I would tell you to check. Got up early this morning. Jennifer walked out in the backyard. You were howling at the moon this morning. <laughs> you know what? The air, it had, it had rained was. all night, and the moon was bright and full. I almost need my sunglasses. It, it was just gorgeous. It was a moon set right about 530. Oh, I saw a piece of that. It was gorgeous. It really was pretty. We're talking about this hour, uh, answering questions from all the folks that called in, and where the lines are still open. We have cleared the lines. If you'd like to call in, we'll be happy to help you. one 767 4348 The article we're trying to talk and cover about this particular hour was maximizing space in a tiny house. And I stop and I think, you know, Jennifer and I never have had um, a motor home or a camper. We've had various size of tents. We've actually owned a village of tents at one time. Uh, but uh, I could do I could do six or eight months in a motorhome where I was moving, parking, getting out and hiking, whether I'm at Terry Flats to hike Escadilla or Hart Prairie to hike Humphreys Peak or Kendrick or whatever. I don't think Rosie has the DNA to live in a tiny home. I would affirm that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd live in a tiny home with you. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I was wondering too is what I wonder what the failure rate is. It's kind of a romantic notion. I found a story of a couple in Phoenix area, and they were a corporate couple with three little boys, and they had this idea that they wanted to get out of their mortgage. They wanted to live in this tiny home, get out of the city, and get out of the rat race. And so they opened up this. There was a website link that they had started. They had come up with three pretty tiny homes to rent, but nothing clicks on there. So I found that in several instances where people had a big idea and then you, maybe it fizzled. Maybe it's not quite as easy as it sounds. Um, I found another one in show though that looked great. Again, I've called, emailed. So, you know, if you are interested, I think it's just important to, to really be careful. Here's, here's one place you can go that's kind of fun. Go to Airbnb and put in tiny homes. And you can see the are there vast, choices? Are, the, are there choices? Oh my gosh, there are vast. Um, you can call anything a tiny home, including a mud hut, um, a Quonset hut. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. There were some really really nice looking ones, but there was also some very iffy ones. So just you know, just pay attention. You know, that comes to mind. Is there an average size for a, a square footage as far as for a tiny home? Seven fifty average? No, no it has four hundred. Yes, what we were saying. Two hundred is minimum, four hundred is maximum. Four hundred to qualify as tiny home. And like, but Romy had a question like, 
So what's the benefit of qualifying for a tiny home? I'm not really sure. But and then another big thing to talk, think about when you're, if you think, oh gosh, I'll put a tiny home in the backyard for mom or for the teenager or whatever. There are some real code issues there. You have to check with your own municipality to know what you can do legally. I like some of the innovations the tiny home uh, trend uh, is like multi-use furniture. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this unit that we have listed in our article, Unfolding Apartment, it's, it's like a closet cabinet that's fold-down Murphy bed, pull-out office desk, entertainment center, but you can close the whole thing up and gain that floor space so you're not like walking between aisles of furniture. That's what would drive me nuts. And you know what's funny? There is, um, I have a book on how to build furniture from the pioneers. Hmm. And how much of that, it was, is like a tiny home. Everything is multi-purpose. You know, a chair that also spins over and is a step ladder, but also has storage underneath. I mean, you, you go through that furniture book and it's like they were, they, the original they, tiny they home. were the original tiny home experts. Yeah, they were. I mean, dining room chairs you could take outside and use to for the horse farrier to shoe your horse. <laughs> <laughs> many, many multi-use functions. But again, that was the economy of the time, you know. Get, get as much use out of any one thing as you could. So I think, it, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I, I um, applaud people that can structure their lives to live happily in an environment like this. I would have a tiny house, 400 square feet, with about a 7,000-square-foot deck. <laughs> I do think it's a good mental exercise. It, it, you know what, Jennifer? That's, that is a great point. It is. Could you do it? I mean, I need more than 400 square feet just to keep my baseball cap collection. And your books. Well, the books, that's a whole, that's two small houses all by itself. <laughs> and you forgot the dogs. And the dogs. Wow. And then the horses. Yeah. So. 400 uh, square feet. <laughs> it, it, is, it is intriguing to get in there and spend time on these links and look at it. And I think it would be very intriguing uh, to go spend a weekend in one of these that we have found and, and just give it a, give it a try. You'll let go of all those possessions and clutter for three or four days. That has to be very soul cleansing for sure. Absolutely. Oh man. Small, optimizing small spaces. We're going to be talking about small spaces pretty much all month long. One of the things we're going to talk about is all the small spaces you already have in your existing house that you use so inefficiently. That's coming up later this month. I wonder how many people go to a small home and go back. What's what's the life the failure. cycle of that? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know too. 